Kiwi Bradshaw. I was <laughs> called you Kiwi Bradshaw on the podcast. And he goes, and then Droid goes, who the fuck's Kiwi Boots? Who's that? <laughs> but, oh, Kiwi Bradshaw. Sorry. Kiwi Bradshaw. Kiwi Bradshaw. There's fucking Carrie Bradshaw cunt from Sex. That's right. So different to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the polar opposite to Kiri. Yeah. City person. <laughs> All Welcome to Striker Chat, bringing you the story and characters of Australian Muay Thai. With your host, your not so knack Muay, Old Man Wimby. Give a, let's give a striking warm welcome to bantamweight fighter Kiri Bradshaw. No, no, I'm kidding, kidding. Kiri Bradley. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. Um, okay. No, well, if you listen to the previous um, episode, I, I, I called Kiri Kiri Bradshaw, but it's actually is it Cara Bradshaw or something like that from <laughs> Sex and City or something. Carrie or something like that. But how are you? Good, brother. I'm so tired because Roy. Killed us this morning, but happy. <laughs> what you do exactly to him, Roy? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like okay. Let's just hop into it. With um, in, with training camp, do you like start to what? You, you we're 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 in our fifth week now. Got one week to go. What is it? What what do, do you slow down the? Is it more technique now or? Uh, is that a question for me or for both? For, for both. Um, yeah, we're starting to get to the close to the fight, so training just gets a little bit different. Uh, intensity stays the same, but the volume gets decreased. So yeah. um, we've done a lot of volume work over the last six weeks and heaps and heaps of sessions and hard, long sessions with yeah. lots of stuff, and now it's coming to an end where we focus more on you know hard, sharp, um, clean sessions. Yeah. But we're tired. <laughs> I know you seem a lot tired. Toby seems tired, and uh, is the same vibe? Is it across the same vibe across all fighters? Is it Roy? Pretty much, yeah. At this point, um, now now's the point where you know we've got about a week until the fight, so uh, the focus kind of shifts from getting fit, which they've done well. You know, everyone will be super fit. Yeah. The cardio will be super good. Um, now to like through next week tomorrow's basically our last hard session um and then next week they focus on cutting weight and recovery like really making sure that by the time they fight their muscles are good they've got no injuries mm-hmm. you know that they're, they're ready to go 
But you're always carrying something, though, aren't you? Something, something. Always carrying a, an injury or a, or a niggle. Yeah, usually there's something yeah. in the background, but I, I think everyone's been I always so say far. if you go into a fight with no injuries, you haven't trained hard enough, so. <laughs> so um, what weight are you – do you have to cut much weight? Can we talk about that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't mind. Um, yeah. Can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah. Of course. I mean, you're not hiding anything. Everyone knows. Nah. So I mean, so like everyone. It's not like she, it's not like she's cutting twenty kilos and, and she's going to put it all back <laughs> on. <you know>? so <laughs> uh, um, what 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 rate do you fight at? Um, fifty three kilos. Yeah, and then what do you what do you walk around? Um, beginning of the week I was fifty five. I've been fifty five basically the last three weeks, and I weighed myself this morning, and I'm fifty four kilos okay. going into fight week. So is that mostly just water weight that we come off you? Yeah? Yeah, basically, I've just, you know, I'm not really fast. I'm not hungry. I'm not starving mm. myself. I'm eating well, um, resting well, drinking plenty of water. Um, and, yeah, just I think on the last it's couple of days, probably just be keeping an eye on how much water I'm drinking because I like to guzzle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, um, if you're going to cut lots of weight, that's, that's going to – would that be detrimental to your body and, and to, your, to the fight night as well? Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know, this is obviously old school way of doing things, and mm. and back in the day, you know, or even till recently, um, you know, we're doing crazy things with our bodies just from being taught from people before us who maybe didn't know any better and did what they could with what knowledge they had. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, the body needs water. I mean, like we're, w- we're the body is made of water so <laughs> 70 something percent of water or something yeah 80 percent water. water you know um your nervous system needs water to generate yeah. an impulse so yeah. the mind connection to the body and the wow. brain's connection to the body won't mm-hmm. function very well without enough water on board so you can really only cut i think up to three percent of your body weight of water five mm-hmm. percent still okay but then any more than that you're getting into a bit of danger zone yeah so what what just yeah because obviously you need that need that sort of shit to to work yeah. Is it is it is it, uh, is it you could you guy? There, there has been um like people cutting weight. There's been a lot. I've heard a lot of like just of lately, just of people dying in Thailand, especially. Is that through just through dehydration? I don't yeah. know. I think just each person needs to. Uh, this is the thing. Like this is like a whole nother long podcast. long yeah. podcast. But um, one way doesn't necessarily work for every single person as well. Yeah. And sometimes you need to kind of tune into what your body's asking of you and what your body can handle and being, un- being, I guess, open to saying to your coach, like, I actually don't think I can handle that. Yeah. And your coach understanding that you maybe you can't and that you need to fight heavier until your body adapts to the yeah. training of Muay Thai in the earlier stages and whatnot. I mean, people who have been fighting forever, their bodies are so used to it, they probably can do unthinkable things that yeah. a new kind of fighter wouldn't be able to do physiologically, you know, yeah. and recover in time. Oh, well, you know a little bit about this stuff. You've you got a bit of a medical background, have you? Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 but, but hold on. Let, 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 agree. I think, like, it's super important as a coach to know um, that each of your fighters is different and they cut weight different. They can cut – some can cut more, some can cut less. So, um, and, yeah, like – going back to, you know, the effects of a weight cut, like real simple one is if you dehydrate too much and then don't rehydrate your body, you get knocked out easier because your brain doesn't have enough fluid to protect it when you get bounced, when you get bounced around. Yeah. 
So you go, you, you know, you get eight characters, yeah, which can cost you five. So um, yeah, cutting weight and then especially rehydrating properly is, um, I think, really come to the the front of um, the whole training regime. Like you could have the best training camp ever, cut weight horribly, and then just fight shit. Yeah. So you know, so it's, it's just as important as the training. Sports science. Sports science is really play is really playing part in the modern day of modern day fighter. Yeah. Yeah. So firstly, mate, I want to know what this. I've watched a couple of your fights. There was a Kiri. Oh my god, Kiri Mara. Mara, Yeah. Yeah. What what what's what, what's going on there? Um, I just um I don't really have a fight name. I never really had a fight name. Nothing's ever really stuck. People used to call me certain things and mm. played around with it a little bit just as a laugh, but. Um, one of the boys at my old gym used to call me the stubborn handful and <laughs> I kind of like that because he was like a big brother to me and he, yeah, we used to, he used to bash me in training and stuff in, in the best way possible. Um, but yeah, I was obviously stubborn and he used to call me the stubborn handful and I quite like that, but <laughs> nothing's really stuck, but my middle name's Maru. Okay. Um, yeah. So it means of the sea. Is that Maori or something? Uh, it's actually kind of comes up in a few different um, languages. One of the main languages that's most prominent is Japanese, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm Have not Japanese, no. You look a bit Asian. It means of the sea. <laughs> you look a bit Asian, though. Cool. That's pretty I cool. did not know that. Yeah, Fun so fact. I'm Kiri of the sea. Um, <laughs> and that's so like fitting. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I like using the middle name um, because I think it just feels more like who I am, I guess. Mm. And Kiri Bradley is like a professional version or like something that you kind of put forward to people that you don't know. So how do you pronounce that name again? That's your job Maru. interview name. Yeah, <laughs> Bradley's my job name. <laughs> um, Maru. 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 That's, that's fucking definitely Maru. That's, I like that. Yeah. But let's, uh, mate, now we're, we're there. We're there. Yeah. We, we, we've, 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 we've segued <laughs> to who you are. But tell us a bit, little bit about yourself real quick. Oh, my gosh. Where are you from? Originally, um, we're in Perth now. <laughs> yeah, we're in Perth. Um, I'm from Cooktown. Cooktown is a teeny tiny town, far north Queensland, very far north of Cairns, about a four-hour drive in the bush north of Cairns. Um, there's only about. When she hours. says bush, she means proper jungle, bro. <laughs> proper jungle. People will hear bush and be like, oh yeah, like a little bit of shrubland, like yeah, not that bad. No man, it's like jungles with dinosaurs. Yeah. Far North Queensland, so that's pretty far. That's like Cairns. That is that is north. Super north. Yeah, my mum um, and dad bought a property up there before I was born. Um, yeah. they were living in Cairns in the eighties, and my dad had a dream of having his own property with you know fruit trees and enough land to do whatever he wanted with. And he ended up getting an opportunity with a few other guys, and they bought I don't know how many hundred acres and just subdivided it. Oh so wow! We had a hundred acres in the bush and. Um, lived in a shed for the first probably six years of my life while my dad built the house by himself. Well, I say by himself. He's a builder, but he had his mates helping him. That's awesome. But it was my dad's design, and um, he cut all the timber himself from a far north property called Lilyvale where all our timber was cut, oh and wow. he tracked it down himself and built a beautiful pole home for us. So, Is um, that still up? Is it still up? It's still there, man. It is amazing. It's my sanctuary. Awesome. Yeah, that would have been space. a great childhood as well. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, we grew up in the shed. <coughs> my mum used to have to shoot taipans under our bed wow. in 303. Um, You're still doing that now, Muay Thai. <laughs> 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 um, and 
and <laughs> yeah, like there was, you know, always some kind of crazy thing happening because you're in the bush, man. Like there was be there'd be snakes in the house, or we had a family of pigs that we raised and ate, and we had you know cows <laughs> that we raised and ate. We had you cattle. lived a life. You lived the yeah. real. Uh, you lived yeah. the real life. Your, yeah. su- your supermarket was was the bush. Yeah, that's what I'm so grateful for. Like, I never, we never had fast food growing up. Fast food was like there was two options. There was like, um, for a fish and chip shop, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think, like just like the pub, like. But that was fast food. The pub, there's a pub milk, yeah, pub, pub cup, and the fast fast food. But there was no such I thing. Um, as Curie, yeah. I had a, I had a quick question for you. Do you think um, do you think like having that kind of upbringing and that kind of childhood like added the hardiness of like you know added into being how hard you are as a fighter as well or like because not many females you know a small percentage of them kind of go into fighting um and you obviously love it do you think that that kind of childhood went into how much you love fighting or kind of like had a hand in it in any way yeah probably bro like i think about it was pretty harsh growing up. Like, nothing was easy. Like, you know, I never wore shoes. I never had fancy clothes. I never had – nothing was, you know, nothing was cushioned for me in my upbringing in the best way possible, though. Like, I was so loved and I was always mm. healthy and I yeah. was always supported in whatever I wanted to do. But as a tiny little girl, like, you had to be tough to survive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you, my sister is obviously a couple of years older than me and she's, like, the toughest woman I know. Um, and she makes me look like such a princess, honestly. Really? She, yeah, she's, oh my God, my sister's just, she's my hero, she's amazing, but you have to be tough, you know, my older brother as well, like, he was pretty hard on us, as most older brothers are, um, but yeah, bro, I think so, like, you just get kind of used to being uncomfortable to be comfortable. Yeah. I don't like being soft, I don't like being sort of, um easy you know mm. like with things coming to me with ease i think i like to work hard for things and my dad's never s- i've literally never seen my dad stop like in the 32 years i've been alive i've never seen my dad stop he's been working building something creating something um tinkering with something or trying to find something to build or someone mm. to help he's never stopped and i guess that's kind of how we were brought up so just going back to your child Sorry, mate. Just going back to your childhood. So you, 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 you said that um, your your dad and his few of his mates bought property, bought bought hundred acres or whatever, and they subdivided. So and then your 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 father's mates helped him build the house. Did you? All, did everyone like? Was it like that? Like that sort of a community? Everyone helping each other build and. Did, did I'd have to ask dad how it worked. I don't know if he ever paid him, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you, in did all you the photos and stuff, yeah. it's just all my dad's mates, yeah, on the roof, like putting the poles up and helping out. And like we've got all these old photos and stuff and it's just all, yeah, just all mates are there and they're always helping each other and, you know, having a beer after and going well fishing together. You can just you can just picture a life, of that's, that's a lifestyle of 200 years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was just, just going to say, that's like 100 years ago how the yeah. settlers would have been like, you know, oh, there's some cool land. Let's get the, the town together and build and then create a community there. It's kind of like that still, though, there. Like, to be honest, when I go home, it's not like I just stay at my dad's house and then, you know, we don't go and visit anyone. Dad will be like, oh, we got to go around to Beat's house because we got to go help him put a shed up or whatever. But my dad's, you know what I mean? Like, you're always yeah. helping each other. It's never just, like, every man for himself. 
but that, I mean, um, but you know, we can yeah. st- like we go around to our friend's house all the time and like go and steal his cherry tomatoes and stuff because we know he's out, you know, fishing or whatever, or <laughs> go and steal his pumpkins <laughs> or you know what I mean. But it's like vice versa, like yeah. what's mine is yours in a lot of ways. Oh, but that, I, I think that's a great way of living, though. I mean, that's uh, living in a small village of about a hundred to one hundred fifty people. Is is I think and that's that's the ultimate way of living. You know, Definitely. we're not we're not meant to be living in cities on on top of each other. You, you're ac- you're not accountable when you when you live in a in a city of like million or you know even a hundred thousand. You cannot be you, you can you can go through life not being accountable. You can mm. be go through life being a cunt, mm. and then no one no one no one mm. no one picking you up about that. But if you live in a small village of one hundred and fifty people and you're a cunt. You're gonna get pulled up about that. Oh man, news travels fast <laughs> too. Everyone knows everyone's business. You can't hide. Yeah. Like if something goes down, like you know straight away. Like you wake up in the morning to like a message from somebody, and before you know it, you know some huge, big, juicy detail about something that's <laughs> happened. And but do you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> sounds like the Muay Thai community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, so th- you, your love of Muay Thai. How did that? How did that come about? <laughs> Super weird story, I guess. Um, I. Never would have imagined being a fighter, to be honest. Yeah. Never would have imagined being violent. I know that it's consensual and I know that it's in a ring and I know that it's, um, you know, something that is a sport, but still a violent. It's still very yeah. violent. Um, I never would have thought I would have been interested in anything like this, but I got desensitized to it and introduced to it in Cooktown of all places. Cooktown's one of those places where, because it's so small, if someone moves there, like a teacher moves there to do their grad year, you know, they always send teachers or police yeah, officers or yeah. nurses or whoever, or families move there. Whatever skill that person had, they would bring it to the community and the whole entire community would do it. So, for example, like I did Irish dancing when I was a kid. <laughs> don't even, I don't even know. But every single girl at school did Irish dancing because this lady moved there and she did Irish dancing back in the day and so she taught all the kids how to do Irish dancing before you knew it we all knew how to do it it was crazy and then you know a lady would move and she would know how to do I don't know funk dance or whatever and then that would be the new thing so this guy moved um to Cooktown or back to Cooktown I think he's originally from up north in the um 90s um his name is Vince Parks okay d- so um is that a well-known name Roy sh- yeah Roy, Roy knows of him what, you know, what Vince was Park. that name sorry Vince, Vince Parks full full bore tie boxing Vince Parks. Oh, I know the gym. Yep, yep. I know the gym. So he was trained under Sunshine Coast High Boxing Centre under Joe Hilton um, in the 90s or 80s and 90s. And he had a fight name of Vicious Vince, I believe. Vicious Vince. Um, really aggressive. Yeah, really, really aggressive style. Like same sort of um, upbringing as Blair and the pit, you know, that really vicious walk forward. Walk forward. Very That's much. That's what you do. Yeah. You're a walk forward type of girl. But really, really old school mentality, like trained super, super hard. Um, anyway, I never did it as a kid, but a lot of the boys at school did and they got quite good at it. Um, Vince trained all the boys and it was it really saved a lot of the kids commu- in the community, you know, mm. like away from that um, drug life or Idle small hands. town. Idle hands. Yeah, okay. small town stuff. Um, so Vince started a gym called Full Bore Tie Boxing and the whole community just got behind him and we used to have fight shows in Cooktown, middle of fucking nowhere, four and a half hours drive north of Cairns with like top names on there. Like um, we had Riddler's Boys came over. I oh saw really? Yeah, Darren Reese. That's the first time I met Darren Reese was in Cooktown at a fight show. Well, he takes his spiders everywhere, that boy. Um, <laughs> you know, we had boys from <laughs> Brisbane fighting on there. We had top level ties. Um 
what's his name, Petchenong fought um, one of the local, local boys, Clayton yeah. Cook. Yeah, so we had, t- like, really good Thai boxing growing up. But um, North, especially, North, I, know, I know that South Queensland, like Gold Coast and those, south of Brisbane and Brisbane, those areas there, that's really strong in Muay Thai, and I knew that North Queensland, is this why, was it, do you think, was this guy that... that yeah, so that he was one of the, definitely one of the pioneers, like, he brought... Yeah. He brought, it's just crazy how it kind of like the downstream effect. So um, he trained under Joe Hilton and then he moved back north to his roots, started his own gym. Mm. He brought a lot of fighters up and then those young fighters moved to Cairns, which is, doesn't sound like a lot, but for, you know, um, the WA people, it would be like moving from Geraldton to Perth or, you know what I mean? Like something that's Wouldn't like... Be f- isn't that... Fir- no, it'd be about the same, wouldn't it? About but I mean, like, you know, you're kind yeah. of in a small town, but Perth's the big city. For yeah, us, yeah, Cairns yeah. was like the big city. Cairns was the big city. <coughs> the big <Yeah>. smoke. <laughs> so it was like, whoa, man, you're moving to Cairns. <coughs> like, so cool. Um, so the boys who trained under Vince Parks and did quite well for themselves, you know, they made a bit of a name for themselves um, just for being hard, just for being fighting anyone and, you know, going down south and doing really, really well against some big names. Yeah. They started their own gym uh, called Intense Muay Thai um, in, I think it was like 2004, maybe. That's a, that's a lifetime ago. Um, yeah, so um, that was when they sort of started um, bringing Muay Thai into Cairns. And from there, <laughs> gyms just started popping up. So um, <laughs> we had a whole bunch of... Um, Very professional, Kiri. That was good. I like we had that. a whole <laughs> bunch of fighters um, train under intense Muay Thai. And it was just like um, the boys, uh, A.D. Walker and um, Bray Jackson, they first started. And it was just like a sponge. Anyone who kind of saw them hitting pads in the car park or... Mm. Um, you know, under their mate's shed or in the garage or whatever, they were like, oh, what the hell are these guys doing? You know, this is pretty cool. And because they'd come from, you know, a gym in Cooktown where yeah. it was like super hard training, um, they just carried that on and then started adding their own little taste to it, I guess. And then, yeah, the boys in Cairns kind of jumped on board. They had a few good fighters. Roy fought one of the boys from Intense Muay Thai back in the day, Jacob Breen. Yeah, I remember that. Good fighter. Brainy flew from Cairns over to Perth to fight Roy. When was that, bro? Um, oh, that would have been pretty early in my career. Um, I think I would have been like eighteen or nineteen, so <laughs> probably like ten. Like two th- yeah, it would have been like yeah, a long time ago. So my, um, maybe like two thousand twelve, eleven ish. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I think Muay Thai basically came to Cairns and now it's just evolved. Like people have been trained under certain people and then started their own gym or um, mm. left or there's been a few people moved from, you know, down south, up north because the weather's better and it's more relaxed lifestyle and they've brought their sort of style and technique with them. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's basically how I got into it. So yeah, it was uh, Vince Parks bringing it to Cooktown and then his main fighters were, yeah, 80 and... Um, Prickles, who we call him, and how long he ago was my trainer. How long ago was that? Braid. Oh. Um, when I started? Yeah. I didn't start till I was 23. How old are you now? No, Sorry. You shouldn't 22. ask a woman that. Sorry. Yeah, 22, maybe? You're 22? No, oh. I'm 32. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> started when I was 23, I think. I think that's when I started. <laughs> so, um, right. Perfect my segue. What's your record? Um, Fighting record? I just want to quickly go back. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just missed up a really cool part of the story. I oh, felt sorry. stupid. <laughs> my um my stepsister so my who my dad my dad was dating um her mum and she lived with us in cooktown she was like her name's courtney 
Um, and Courtney's like a fucking legend. Courtney's um, at the time when she was in high school, she was the Australian discus. I hope I don't fuck this up, Courtney. Australian discus champion, Australian javelin champion, Australian shot put champion. This girl could throw. She's like a she could throw a rock. She was a pure fucking strong bitch. Is she? And like at home and stuff, like bantering around, just being kids, like playing. Like she was my stepsister. (laughs) If she hit me, I would. I was fucked. So and she was a big girl too. So she started Muay Thai, (laughs) and she was an animal. Like she used to just knock bitches out and. She was very scary to watch because she hit so hard. Um, And when I was 23 and I was looking for something new to do and I didn't know what I wanted to do and how to express myself or how to, you know, like I tried triathlons and all that shit. Mm. Had an injury. Oh, I got hit by a car, basically. And um, that was traumatic. So I was like, well, I'm... That's another story. Can we, I guess, talk, can we talk about too. that? Or let's finish this. Finish this story. I'm gonna get. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting Bro. pins in. I'm putting pins in all these stories. Then. I was trying <laughs> so hard to become a triathlete, and I was like riding to work every day. I used to work on a boat. I was riding like from <laughs> Red Redlinch in Cairns is like I don't know ten. I don't know. It's not that far. Maybe like a seven k ride to the boats where I used to work. But I used to ride my bike, get to the pool, do like ten laps, go to work on the boat, finish work on the boat, and run home. That was my thing. Like, I'm going to be a triathlete, you know. A few of my friends are doing it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, Riding to work one day at 5 a.m. in the morning, and I was in the bike lane, and a taxi driver didn't see me and completely, like, drove over me. And uh, the only reason why I didn't die, bro, was because it was wet that day, and I skidded, and he kept driving, and I kind of got stuck under his bonnet. Oh, no way. Yeah. Anyway, it was fucked. I was fine, but if it wasn't wet, I think he would have driven over me. Hold on, I was fine. You just got run over, yeah, dragged across <laughs> the fucking road. <laughs> well, that's that. That's that. Cook, that's that Cooktown mentality coming through there. Like that, I was fine. You know. <laughs> it was fucking traumatic, but I was fine. As in, like, had like grazes and stuff. The funniest thing though was I was at uni at the time and I couldn't afford a day off work, and oh, um, no. so I went to hospital. Obviously, an ambulance came to me in hospital and they checked me out, but I self discharged, which now being a nurse is really funny. But I self-discharged, like signed a, a medical release saying I'm leaving despite you telling me I shouldn't leave. And then I went to go to work on the boat and I was late, obviously, by this stage. Yeah. And my boss was like, where the fuck have you been? And I was covered in grazes and stuff. And I was like, I just got hit by a car. And that's when I had an emotional breakdown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it all hit you after you've been robbed. You've done all the dramas. Not at the hospital where you were safe and, you know, could have got your medical attention and all that. No, at work. Yeah, they were like, you sure you don't want to stay? Like, we need to check to make sure, you know, your neck's okay and all these things are okay. And I was like, you guys don't understand. If I don't go to work today, I don't get paid. And if I don't get paid, I can't afford rent. I can't feed myself. You know, being at uni, it yeah. sucks. Anyway, so I went to work and then the, the captain was like, oh, my God, dude, sit down. What did, what did, he, what did he call you? The captain of oh, the okay. boat. Yeah, yeah, the captain. He's actually like the boat captain. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, um, I think you need to sit down and it's okay. You need to go <laughs> home. <laughs> Them guys are okay. The captain. Um, yeah, so I started Muay Thai after that because fuck triathletes and fuck triathlons and riding on the road is just so scary and I'm terrified of it now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my stepsister Courtney, who was am- amazing, she was the one who said go do Muay Thai, and so I did. Is, um, with did, so you found you found you found a, a, the sport for you that you could express. I mean, it's called martial arts for a reason. <laughs> it's mm. you can. Uh, d- well, you, do, you can do a lot of expressing through martial arts or through Muay Thai, mm. isn't it? So, because well, c- it's a fight game, critical thinking is expressing as well. Yeah. So yeah. It's um, 
yeah, there's a lot to it. Like, I think I was a gymnast when I was younger and I started gymnastics late. Like, most gymnasts start when they're, like, three or four. I started yeah. when I was ten um, just because of the opportunity and stuff. Like, we moved to Cairns and um, I got quite good in the short period of time that I did it. And then um, the gymnastics club that I used to go to um, shut down and we were too far for me to go to any other club and it was just never going to be an option. So yeah. I had to give it up. And I think that kind of always stuck with me. I was kind of like, man, I really wanted to push it in gymnastics. Like I wanted to be the best of the best and just pursue that. Mm. And I mean, like a, a thousand different choices could have been made. I could have, you know, told my mum to send me to boarding school or something and, yeah. you know, but I never did. And so when I started Thai boxing and I thought, man, this could be that thing that I've been missing, you know, that I wanted when I was younger where you don't just do it blasé, like you want to be yeah. better than you were before every day. Because if you don't better yourself, you're going to get hit. Yeah, <laughs> you're that's gonna, it. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. You're going to get hurt. But let's get back that to is true. Let's get back to your Muay Thai career. You know, I mean, you keep <laughs> yeah. you keep pulling me away from there. What's your record? How many fights have you had? You, uh, you I've had 30 fights. Yeah. I don't even remember how many of them are pro and amateur, to be honest. Um, 17 wins at the moment, 13 losses. Okay. And any any title fights in there? Any title, any belts? Oh, uh, yeah. I fought for a super random kickboxing belt. I don't really count it, but I had one kickboxing fight um, just because I wanted to fight. Yeah. And it was for an Australian title back in 2016, I think, against a chickie down in um, Adelaide called Tina, Sal Leary. Um, so I got – I beat her for her – um, uh, Australian Kickboxing Federation belt, and that's you know it was just a kickboxing fight. Yeah. Um, and my one and only, and um, I won the uh, fifty-two kilo um, Muay Thai. What's it called now? Um, <laughs> what's it called? Um, you. I won the. I won the fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I went like that, so I didn't breathe on okay, it. Okay, sorry. <coughs> I won the fifty-two kilo. Um. WMC Queensland belt in 2019. Roy, this is a question for you without notice, mate. Is she ready? Would is she ready to have a title fight anytime soon, mate? Is, that, is, is this your first fight for the gym? <laughs> this is my first fight for the pit, so we better not speak too soon. Okay. Wait and see how she goes. Well, you uh, you seen her train? <laughs> Look, I um I always you know I I'm one of those guys that kind of um. Like, if there's a title on the line or if there's one available um, or, you know, someone that we're trying to get, you know, someone that we want Kiri to fight has a title, then we'll be like, yeah, cool, let's put it on for the title. But, you know, I, I'm one of those ones that's like, I, I don't want to chase for belts, if that makes sense. Because I, I see <laughs> more value in the quality of opponents rather than how many straps you've got around you, kind of thing. Same, bro. Um, and like, but, yeah, like, we're, yeah. you know, they're, they're always good to kind of, like, show on the record and, and yeah. Um, if it's there's so an opportunity for one for Kiri, then 100% we'll, we'll leap at it, you know. It's so weird, though, because, like, you look at the fight, like, George and Toby, that's not for a belt, but it's such a prestigious, amazing fight. Yeah. And I just think the belt sometimes doesn't mean anything when it comes to the person that you're fighting. It and the opportunity exactly. that you're getting given. So for me, it's more about who the person is and who that girl is. And because I've had some super hard fights that were never to do Just anything. Just two sex, two sex. I've got now we've got, we're, we're good. We've just been thrown out by the boxers. 
why don't you guys head upstairs to near the sauna? As you heard, the boys from Southside Boxing have come in to the gym. That's okay, Spags. We didn't know. But um, after the break, we find out more about Kiri Bradley. What's in store for her Muay Thai career and her new project, Soul Disrespect me and see what happened. I don't make a cock of war, start snapping. But it's blasting. Um, where were we? The title fights, and you were talking about. Um, uh, I'd rather fight the best, regardless yeah. of a title. Yes. Yes. And the best doesn't necessarily mean they have the title. You know, like what kind of Kiri was saying before in terms of um, the quality of opponent, you know. Yeah. For sure. And like, especially because sometimes, um, depending on the fight show and who you get matched with and the timing that it happens and what promotion it happens on, the title would never even be an option anyway. And you're not going to say no to a fight if, do you know what I mean? Like, you still get to fight that opponent. Like, you might not win their belt, you might yeah. not get to contend them for their belt, but. It's about who they are, and you want to fight them and tick that name off and say, you know, you fought them. Do you want to fight anyone in particular? Do you? Is uh, there? Th yeah. What's what? What is what is the what's the vision like in in Australia? Uh, it's really hard at the moment, just because everyone's had a couple years off. But mm. um, a few girls I've been wanting to fight that I haven't yet. I want to fight Jasmine Parr. Um, oh, she's is that is that, is that John Wayne Parr's daughter? Yeah. So she's been doing boxing though. Um, her and I were sort of matched in 2020 and I think she had a hip injury so it never okay. went ahead so I think just because we were matched and it didn't go ahead it's kind of always been something that I wanted to do yeah um she's been doing a lot of boxing and a bit of um other martial arts so I don't really know where she's at if she's even thinking about fighting Muay Thai but I'd love to fight her um Kim Townsend just won a belt that's way too light for me um but I regardless of the belt or anything like that I would love to fight Kim again just because her and I fought twice, and I lost to her both split points. Oh, wow. Twice. Um, so even though she's fighting a lot lighter, um, if that was to ever go ahead, uh, that, that would be a dream for me just because I love Kim and I love her style, and she's super strong. She's amazing. Mm. So to fight her again. Um, Where's she fight out of? Which, which at state? At the moment, she's fighting out of um, Muay Thai Militia in um, Brisbane. In Brisbane, yeah. Mm. But probably not going to happen. I mean, she's fighting lighter. She's already fought me twice. She's beat me twice. You know, yeah. what's it to her? <laughs> well, um, you spent some time in Thailand as well, yeah? Yeah, I've only been to Thailand a couple of times. I, yeah, trained at Kiat Pontip because of our connection with um, Alan Wong from South Australia. He's a legend. Um, we met him and, well, my uh, trainer from Cairns Prickles, him and I went to um, Melbourne when I went and fought on an uh, all-female fight card called Naksu yeah. in um, 2017 and I fought Yolanda and we met at the hotel um, Pinky and Pinky Alan Donald 
Yeah. My great guy. Um, I love Pinky. <laughs> Shout out to you, Pinks. In the first three seconds <laughs> that we met him at the hotel in the um, <laughs> tell us in the, the <laughs> what's it called um, foyer, my trainer and him were like long lost brothers. They were both just completely inappropriate at the same time together <laughs> and just <laughs> no, got along so well. Not, that's it doesn't sound like Pinky. At yeah. All. Um, and if you knew my trainer from Cairns, you'd understand. It's in they're just like peas in a pod basically. <laughs> um, and his female fighter and I that he bought there, her and I got along really well as well. So we just ended up spending the whole weekend together and Alan was there. Um, and Alan just became like Uncle Alan. And yeah, Pinky ended up cornering me for that fight, which created a bit of a special bond because we didn't have the trainer's license to um, corner in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So Pinky and my trainer were in my corner for that fight. And um, yeah, so um, Alan was the one that suggested to us that go train at Cat Pontiff. Otherwise, yeah. we wouldn't have really had any connection to a specific gym over there we probably would have just flown over there and just tried a few out that was it a bit of an eye-opener for you a bit different um the thailand training or is it because you've been training hard in north queensland is it you just walk so in there and yeah super super different yeah. i mean like the volume of training over there you have to run 13 k's in the morning at 6 a.m is that before training no that's like that, that's the start of training that's 6 a.m 13 k run <laughs> is it 13 k's bro was it 13 and a half or something He's not even there. I think it's like 13 Ks. Hey, Roy. It's, um, usually they do like 13, yeah, between definitely like 10 plus. Yeah. I think the 10, yeah. I think the 10 kilometer mark is where you're allowed to turn around and that's like the short version and then the 13 Ks <laughs> if you do the loop. Anyway, you do like a 13 K run and then you get back and then you got to, um, do pads, um, bag work. And I can't even remember. It was like a few years ago now. But, yeah, a lot. Um, and then you've got to basically rest. Oh, you eat Thai food, which is amazing. And then you've got to basically rest and then go back into a hard, grueling three-hour session that afternoon. So, yeah, it's intense. So that's, seven, that's six days a week? Uh, yep. So uh, Monday to Friday. Saturday is one session, <laughs> but it's a big session. Oh, is Saturday one session? Maybe Saturday is two sessions. I can't remember. We do sprints on Saturday. I remember that. Anyway, it was it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> and how long were you there for? Um, I was only there for a few weeks. So yes. uh, the first time I was there for a couple of weeks and then had a fight at Asia Teak, which is, I think, where all the um, newbies get thrown in to have a, just a quick experience. Um, and Asia Nah, bro. It's in this, like, massive, amazing, like, I don't even know what you call it, like a festival area in Bangkok with, like, a Ferris wheel and, like, all these food stalls and, like, it's, like, a tourist attraction and they kind of get Muay Thai fights on to so the tourists can, like, buy a ticket so they can watch a Muay Thai fight while yeah. they're at this, like, tourist attraction place. Um so I just fought some random chick, you know, like I didn't fight like a top-level tie or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but she was obviously, because she was Thai and she's still good, it was still hard for me. But, um, yeah, I fought there and I fought in Patea once as well. Um, both really cool experiences and I'm really grateful, but it'd be good to go back and do like a proper hard few months to a yeah. year over there and fight some really good ties. Okay, mate. So any, uh, any yeah. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I would love to. I know um, Toby and I didn't really enjoy Perth winter. Even though he's from here, he hated it probably even more than really? I did. Is and that your I'm first winter? It's my Can first time living in... Yeah, it's my first time living in... Um, WA or somewhere... Somewhere cold. Somewhere cold. Perth's not cold. First, not it's probably probably to uh, Queensland. It's cold. That's let's say, but it's okay. Compared to C- Cooktown, yeah. oh my god, freezing. Cooked Cooktown winter is like I get to wear a t-shirt and jeans. In winter, that's like how cold it gets. Wow, like you put your jeans on, it's cold. But like, like I'm gonna digress here. Go. We we jumped ahead too far. We relocate now. You in Perth? We've talked about you in Queensland. Uh, why relocate to Perth? Can we talk oh about okay. that? Okay. Um. Yes. Your Muay Thai journey. Oh you yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, no, no. Yeah. I uh, started sort of seeing Toby a few years ago, and um, we've just kind of gone with the flow. Um, we were in Brisbane for a year, um, which was just a bit of a an opportunity for some change to see if we liked it, and it didn't really didn't really suit us so um we're back in perth and it just feels honestly it's just been amazing like i struggle in the city and i have had to adapt and i've had to let go of a lot of things but the training and the gym is amazing like and i think i've come at a really unique time as well like um you know toby's hasn't been active for a couple of years so he's had a big big journey sort of back um but Blair stepping back from being here 24-7 and then Roy kind of taking over as trainer. Yeah, man. You know, I'm really grateful that I'm a part of that because I always looked up to Roy as a fighter, you know, like I was a hell fame girl. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> obviously uh, most people in Australia are, but oh, yes. some people... I'm a hell fame girl too. Yeah. Of Roy. <laughs> so <laughs> to have... To have that opportunity to be around to see his last fight camp last year, yeah, um, and to watch him live, you know, for his retirement fight was just amazing to be here and to be a part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, you know, it's bittersweet because you know, I love Blair and um, I've always really appreciated Blair and his energy and stuff. So having him around still a little bit while I was training, like mm-hmm. I'm still glad. I didn't come, you know, in two years' time when Blair was basically out of the picture and, you know. Yeah. I'm glad I came at the transition where I got a little bit of Blair and then I got to see Roy kind of step into that trainer mode. Like, it's been super cool. And I don't know, like, I just think it's amazing. Like, most of the time, I guess, people are a lot older when they retire (laughs) from fighting. Um, Roy retired at 28 and... And you're not even 30. (laughs) You're a... Yeah, but also because. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but you know, like to be able to retire at that age, but then still be so fresh in the Muay Thai scene and everything like that. So it's been really cool, and obviously, like Toby and Roy have like a super unique, special bond. Um. Roy knows Toby probably better than most people mm. and shares a, a beautiful history with him. So for I me, it just feels really homey, very yeah. safe, very... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pit, like the whole thing. Everyone at the pit, because if they love Toby, I feel like I lo- I'm loved. Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 just <laughs> by default, yeah. by default. Yeah. <laughs> you are part of the family. And it just feels so cool to be somewhere where, yeah, there's just that same kind of vibe. Like I know you kind of picked up on it, but... If the pit met 
the gym I trained at in Cairns, like intense Muay Thai, mm. and that lineage that I came from from Cairns, they, everyone would get along like a house on fire. But they, they seem similar type of ways of training and, and yeah. ethos and, and the yeah. way you think as yeah. well. Just the banter, yeah. the, the laughter, the teasing, the hanging <laughs> shit on each other, but then the serious training and yeah. the want to just be, you know, prepared no matter what. You know, that's kind of where I came from as well. And, um, yeah, like it's it does feel like a second home, definitely. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's a, that's a pretty good segue into one of my questions, I guess, um, which was, um, like, what is the kind of, like, big difference that you found training um, to, like, other gyms compared to training now at the pair? Yeah, super cool question. I, um, I've been saying this to a few people and, like, definitely my girlfriends and stuff from back home. Um, I've never been part of a big fight team, so... I came from a small fight team. I mean, like, it was always just me and my trainer initially. Mm. And he would be the only one there to clinch me or spar me. Um, we'd have I people come and go. But most people um, who are around our gym, because we started the gym as, like, what we call the love job, you know, like, um, it was just me and him. And then the the main male fighters that were around who were really, really good, who were part of the gym, they would train to fight mm -hmm. and then they would just go live their life like they would go and have fun or you know party or, or w go back to work go fishing or whatever, or whatever they wanted yeah. to do um so braid who was my trainer when um, prickles was away and then prickles they both <laughs> yeah that's his name they both um trained me alone a lot of the time yeah um because the boys who were around yeah like i said like they would be there a hundred percent and they would fight and they'd do really well but then they'd like to go and live their life a bit and have a bit of fun so yeah um i never really had a super big solid consistent fight team and then when um the gym got you know bigger and, and more consistent we had uh a quite a few fighters but they were all beginners yeah um so yeah, we had quite a few people who who trained, like, from scratch. Like, they'd never had done Muay Thai before or they'd sort of done Muay Thai for fitness and that was it. And mm. we got them in the ring and they'd had their first one or two, three or four fights. So I was always kind of one of the most experienced yeah, fun, by yeah. that point yeah. when, you know, the boys who taught me, when they sort of decided to go and do their own thing with their life, mm. um, I was the most experienced. And that's really hard because I pushed myself as much as I could, but then there was no one there to kind of... Keep me, keep me, keep you, you know. Give, give you the knowledge or just maybe keep yeah. you grounded. Yeah, and because my trainers yeah. were great, but they're, yeah. you know, 85 kilos. So sparring oh, okay. them, you yeah. know, wasn't um, the same as, yeah, well, no, it's not the same as sparring someone, you know, a bit closer to my size or whatnot or faster or, you know, different styles and stuff. So what I've noticed is coming from a really small gym where, you know, we had a lot of humble beginnings and a lot of people who came from, zero experience and then had a few fights and, yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff to come into an established gym where these people have been doing it forever, you know, like um, like I said, back in Cairns, like aside from my trainer or, you know, the couple of trainers that were helping out, everyone was kind of a beginner. So now, like, it's just crazy. Like, I will be hitting pads with Clint Housen and he tells me one or two things and it's so powerful because he will tell me yeah. something that I wouldn't have even thought of and then I go with 
Gary and then Gary Cairns will tell me something and then there's so much knowledge in Gary and there's so much knowledge in Clint and then I go with Roy and then Roy <laughs> will tell me something yeah. and then I go with Toby and it's just like, fuck, like, mm. can I get m- any more help or experience or, do you know what I mean? And then the fight team itself is just crazy good. Like, I think the pits always had a bit of a reputation for having a strong fight team yeah. all through seasons but now I know that we're in a season where they're strong again and... You know, you've got uh, Toby's fighting again, which is super cool. Kian's at a stage now where he's, like, not the up-and-comer anymore. He's getting yeah, to that point where that he's reputation. more of a hard person <laughs> to deal with um, mm. when it comes to clinching and sparring him, for sure. Um, you know, Leo, and then you've got the Hardcastle boys. Um, Tyler's here now. Um, and then, like, heaps of really just strong strong fighters who like yeah bro they're not fighting for titles or anything like that but when they're in the gym and they're clinching you and they're sparring you they're they're teaching a lot i say this i say this continuously uh iron sharpens iron and this this is here and iron so i mean are you getting benefits from clinching the the different styles yeah weights yeah for sure strengths yeah for sure i I'm always the smallest, I think, apart from Cam. Who's <laughs> I was going to say Cam. <laughs> but Cam hurts me the most. He is, <laughs> he is so, uh, so fucking strong for yeah. his size and his weight. He's going to be he's a, a killer. 44 kilo. He's already a killer, but wait till he's 18. Really hey, Roy, oh, geez, he's going to kill people. He's got those really long limbs as well, mate. Big yeah. levers. Oodles. So, yeah, I'm always the smallest, so it's kind of difficult because I know the boys have to go a little bit. Well, they go a lot easier on me because Kian otherwise they doesn't. I think Ken. <laughs> yeah, well, Ken doesn't, but then he still does. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I know. he knows he can't go a hundred percent on me like he does with you know Toby or um, Brandon or something like that. But I do learn a lot. I think my body's probably the most conditioned it's ever been because I've always had bigger people here training with like is that why you're knackered all the time, young lady? So tired. <laughs> <laughs> you're so tired. Always. We've had um, a few females fight out of the pit team like, since I've been there. Um, obviously not as much as the males, but every time we've had a, a female, you know, fighter out of the pit, I think they've really been like quite strong and, like I said, Kieran, like very conditioned. Um, and and like I really do think that the sole reason for that because like you know they've got to spar us guys. You've got to spar Kian and Toby and, mm. and Tyler and that. And yeah, they might take it a little bit easier, but is still kind of like moving around with a fast, you know, bigger person. And I think by the time you get to the fight, maybe you'll get hit by someone your way and be like, oh, that's it's like nothing. That's <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Yeah, bro, for sure. Like I was saying to the boys the other day, like I'm so grateful I'm the smallest because – you know, like sometimes um, I spar, you know, some not the fighters at all, but there's some people that I spar who are bigger than me um, and they're not fighters at the moment, but, you know, like they get complacent because they're bigger. Like yeah. And, and their guard might not be quite there or their checks might not be quite there and they kind of overpower me because no, I'm smaller than yeah. them. And I just think I'm really grateful because I can't do that. I can never have my guard down. I'm so short and I'm so small that mm. I'll always get hit by whoever. Even Cam, like I said, he's 12 and he still beats me up. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for that. You know, I'd rather be kind of put through the hard yards than get complacent and then have a hard time in the ring, like Roy said. Yeah. So um, your fight coming up in a week, um, obviously, 
Yeah, so um, I've met this girl a couple of times just at fight shows and stuff. Her name's Bryony Soden. She's a super strong up-and-comer. I guess you'd still call her. Um, she's only been fighting, I think, for a few years and has come a long way in that short time. So she's really gunned it. She's had a lot of fights. She's been really active despite um, COVID issues and whatnot. Um, and I think she's only fought locally, but... Um, She's fought everyone, I think. She's had the opportunity to fight. She's really focused on her strength and conditioning and, um, you know, being really strong. And she comes from a Muay Thai gym, so, you know, proper Muay what Thai gym what, what gym is she come um, fighting out of? Three Lions. Is that what it's called? Oh, right? Three Lions. Yep. Yeah. Um, three Lions, yeah. Yep. So, it'll be – she's a traditional fighter. Like, she loves the Muay Thai style. She doesn't like to – you know, she's got good technique, she's strong, she's well-rounded, she's got no kind of... From watching her fight, she's well-rounded. So yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to fighting her because I think that, you know, it'll be a good fight for me to learn about myself and about my, you know, what I've learned in the pit. I think yeah. she's perfect to kind of put that into action. And she's nothing to be... Um, She's nothing to be sort of like underestimated at all, and I like that though. You yeah, know, I'm, I'm. I would never underestimate my opponent, but like I said, and she's only been fighting for a few years, and she's. Um, I think she's only had twelve fights, maybe. Actually, I don't know, but still not to be underestimated. And I like that. I feel like she's still going to be a challenge, but in a different way. Okay. She's yeah. going to be strong and probably a bit bigger than me when we get in the ring. Um, but I'm hoping to give her the opportunity to really level up, and I hope I bring her up a level. Okay, yeah. I but I you know what I mean. Yes, I do know what you mean. I'm sure the I'm sure the listeners know. Yeah. Um, but like you're saying, I think you know it's a good opportunity for her. You know, as you know, we've both been in the um, shoes of being the underdog, and, and you know, you're always hungry and you want to prove yourself against the person with more experience. But I think like. Know, being on the other end of the shoe as well where you're the more experienced you, you know you, like you're saying you want them to kind of like rise to your level but you also want to give them a show and be like this is what it takes to be yeah. at yeah. this level so yeah. like, let's fucking go you know definitely and like some of my favourite fights have been when I've been the complete underdog and I've just gone in there with literally nothing to lose and you feel like you've won because you made it yeah. you went toe-to-toe with them and they showed you all the stuff that you didn't even know <laughs> you could do or you know could overcome and then when you get out you still feel like you won so um yeah it's i've been there before like you said roy and i know you've been there before as well but yeah so i'm hoping to gift that back to her <laughs> <laughs> well. no, um, i'm also I'm first. Okay, <laughs> 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 
could not have asked for anything better, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bundy's loving it. Loving your questions, um, bro. Yeah, honestly, like, I couldn't have asked for anything better because everyone's in it together. There's seven of us on the same card. And I was saying to Bundy before we sort of got into the, the conversation that you walk into training every day and we're all mirroring each other. Mm. Like, if we're having a hard day, I feel like, if I'm about to have a fucking meltdown, I look around and I feel like everyone's about to have a meltdown. <laughs> and and if everyone's feeling like, you know, like, let's push through, like, I feel like we're all on the same vibe and to then go and finish the job together alongside each other. And there's just so much to look forward to because not only is it all the pit fighters and I can't wait to watch, I can't wait to watch Tiff and Shannon. Oh, Love both Tiff. those girls. Yeah. Can't wait to watch Jordan and Ben, like, and then, you know, for Toby to be the main event, like, I've been dating him for, you know, a few years now, and he's not fought since we've dated, so that in its own is, for me, a huge opportunity to be there and be a part of that, and for him to do what he loves, Mm. and for me to witness it firsthand, so I'm excited for myself, but... No. <laughs> I'm excited for myself, but then I'm also kind of like, man, I wish this night could go on for like three days just so we could, um, like, you know, soak it all up. Oh, my God. Seriously. Seriously. But, yeah, no, bro, I feel so, so happy about the whole situation and just everything, like, Having that team, everyone's getting along. I mean, like, I'm in my own little bubble, but from what I can see, the fight team here is so strong. No one's got any issues with anyone. Everyone's, like, super tight. We all love each other. We all want each other to succeed. Um, we've got a f- such an amazing team. Like, having you, Clint, um, you know, Sam, Gary, Big Al, like, whoever else is going to be around. Having Tom there, like, it'll be amazing. So. Yeah. Uh, WA Muay Thai is uh, definitely going into it it's your f- kind of the first time without Blair bro and it's like seven fighters and you're not going to have those seven people there to help you <laughs> <laughs> look I uh th- this uh podcast this podcast about about you too but <laughs> <laughs> people who are going to be out the back as well like even if they're not from the pit i feel like we're just going to have a lot of help and everyone's going to help each other out and it'll be sick absolutely i'll be watching for i'll be i'll be in melbourne um when you guys are fighting so i'll be watching on the uh, live stream who's that again the live stream i'd have forgotten who it is I'm live combat sports combat sports um, that's it adam adam no I've, I've i've contacted him a few times spoke to him <laughs> but i think we um We've had, we've had a good chat about you, but you've got other projects on your game. Soul Fight. Can you tell what? Can you tell us a little bit about Soul Fight? Like I was, I, I listened yeah. last Saturday and that was good. You yeah, yeah, cool. Soul Fight. Yeah.
collaboration so i've probably been the only face of it that people have picked up on yeah. but there's a team of us behind it so um sulfite is a collab with myself uh leo from the gym from leo Nguyen yes from here. yes uh shanice uh who's over east at the moment and um hayden who is dan williams brother mini t's brother okay yeah um so it kind of is it just all organically happened but the idea was birthed from lockdowns and restrictions and mandates and basically cutting Muay Thai's throat off. Right, yes. Um, watching over East, what happened with, you know, multiple Victorian shows getting announced, yeah. then yeah. getting prepared, then people cutting weight and then it getting cancelled the day of. Fuck. Domination got cancelled three or four times, uh, three times or four times last year. Roy's retirement fight got cancelled the That's first right. time. That's right, I remember oh that, God. yeah. Watching Roy cut weight a little bit and then... <laughs> Being told wait wait day that his retirement fight wasn't going to go ahead was hard to watch, let alone, you know, however else he experienced that. Um, the Muay Thai Grand Prix has been cancelled. Yeah. Um, <coughs> people have had to be pulled out. Flights have been cancelled. Interstate flights flights weren't happening. Um, and my friend and I, we just decided we had to do something. And we developed an idea of having... Potentially being able to have fights that were streamed live with no crowd. Yeah. <coughs> but we wanted to make it sustainable for fighters. So it's an idea that was going to be take a while to grow. And, um, you know, we've got a lot in the pipeline right now. But that's where it kind of started from. Yeah. And then it's sort of evolved and been sort of ever-changing since then. So um, we wanted to be able to provide um, fighters with the opportunity to fight with no worries about you know lockdowns mandates and whatnot so you could have a fight show in a gym with no crowd and still adhere to the restrictions of whatever the government was saying so that's so so minimal people in the gym the Mm. fighter the people in the corner Mm -hmm. and a guy with the camera correct and And that would that would be the absolute baseline Mm. like what i call the absolute worst case scenario yeah so the fight show could be promoted as normal and then last minute, if it was to happen, and you said to the fighters, hey, look, we can still pay you, but you're going to fight under these circumstances and give yeah. them that option. Um, that's what we wanted to do because it was just dying. Like everyone, everyone's heart, people were retiring early, way before yeah. they should have. Uh, not Roy, obviously, he was prepared for that, but maybe he would have fought a few more times, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's what started it and then it kind of changed so obviously restrictions and things have gotten a little bit better lately um and what we wanted to do was to create an income and more of a living for fighters so how it's going to pan out is if you've seen the instagram page that's just because instagram's really popular at the moment everyone's on instagram it's an easy way to promote but what we wanted to eventually do is to funnel people into our Discord. So Discord is a app that is, I think, from Thailand. So it it's is. not from one of the, mi- you know, um, Facebook, Instagram, Metaverse mm. people. Um, <laughs> and Discord is really diverse and really, like, so many functions. It's pretty cool. Um, what we wanted to be able to do was create channels so that fighters could have their own channel and yeah. generate an income. So what you can do through Discord and through Soul Fight is you can have subscribers subscribe to your page and instead of 
people having to just do what they normally do. Like, for example, Toby on Instagram with his 11,000 followers replying to messages, people asking him, how's your fight going? How's your weight going? What have you been eating? What's your training like? Mm. Who are you fighting? What's your next? What's on the next cards for you? He does that all day to random people that he doesn't know. Really? But for free. Yeah. So imagine if these people subscribed to Toby's Discord channel, but it was two dollars. A right? month, a month or something. Two bucks like a month. Yeah. But that's eleven thousand people at two bucks a month. Oh yeah, do the math. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Okay. So that was the idea because fighters, we want soul fight is, we're all fighters. Yeah. Hayden's a fighter, Leo's a fighter, I'm a fighter, and Shanice's a fighter. We're not promoters. We're not, you know, mums and dads sitting at home looking after our kids, wanting you know to watch some combat sport. We want the support to thrive. Yes. To a point where fighters can quit their day job mm-hmm. and focus on fighting. Whether it be f- whether it be because fighting or train or um, yeah. maybe you know, doing a couple of PTs or something like that. Yeah. Or because yeah. at the moment, every Muay Thai fighter, minus a few that I know, work a full time job. Yeah. Um, Rory was a painter for the whole of his career, watching him rock up after painting all day and then yeah, doing a full training session. Mental, but. He still did it, but what if you could generate an income from your fighting? Because Muay Thai at the moment, we're not getting paid much. It's sh- that's yeah. just the way that it is. But because promotions aren't making much, but because not many people are interested in Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. So Soul Fight literally wants to grow a community where people are interested in Muay Thai so that the fighters benefit from it. So that if you're an up-and-comer, you see... Do you know, like, if you're in the, if you're in the UFC... Yeah. Sorry. If, you're, if you do MMA... You know that there's an end goal of UFC yes. on the card. You yeah. know that that's something that you could potentially go and do. Yeah. At the moment, Muay Thai's got one championship and they don't really yeah. take care of Muay Thai fighters really, uh, I guess, to an extent of like their pay and stuff. Um, I think the best is they offer you a six-fight contract. Mm-hmm. Is that over two years, bro, or one year? Um, I think it actually depends. Yeah. Um, different contracts for different fighters. I don't know Yeah, so it's not sustainable. A fighter can't s- sign with one championship and make an income enough to feed their family. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, you watch MMA fighters, they get into MMA and all of a sudden they're asking for big money because they know the UFC's there. It's a goal. It's something they can look forward to. Yeah. So promoters kind of have to pay them more because they know that it's an option. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with Muay Thai, the promoters know they don't have to pay you much because... Well, no one's paying you much, so yeah. do you know what I mean? Anyway, so that's basically what the, the end goal is, is to create a massive fight community where we've got this huge page of fighters who are able to subs- have subscribers listen into their specific training. They can talk about what they eat. They can talk about what they do. They can talk about what they do for hobbies. And it's just a community. It's just to try and get people talking. It's yeah. trying to get people interested in Muay Thai, but you're more connected with the fighter rather than just, you know, you go on Instagram and you see people's pictures and stuff and people can put on whatever face they want on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But on Discord, you can get to know people so much more different. It's a chat room. It's interactive. They can chat back to you. It's not just a comment and that's it. Yeah. Um, 
we want people to get in touch with the fighter and be like, well, this guy from, you know, Perth, Kian, like, whoa, I really like his story. I really like what his style is. How did you learn that style? I want to get to know him more. And then Kian might want to tell his subscribers more about yeah. himself. And then they all of a sudden are so invested in his fight rather than just being like, oh, I seen him fight. Yeah. I think that, I mean? that, yeah, no, you, you're giving him a bit of a backstory and, give and, and having that connection, the, the fighter and the fan, having a really close connection. I yeah. think that's important as well. But, um, yeah. And, and also just wanting to bring out as well, like, obviously the name Soul Fight, it's about connecting that you're not just a fighter. There's soul to you. There's something behind that. Like, mm. what is it behind that? What is it about you that's that makes you who you are kind of thing and, and it allowing people to express that as well? Um, the I, I listened. I, I, was, I jumped on Discord on sad last Saturday. It's Friday now. Last Saturday. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, the, the, the stories about Japan and... And they weren't just fighting stories. There were stories about... Yeah, like Dan, Minnie yeah. T and Jordan Goverson. That was amazing. Yeah. And it's super cool because, like, obviously, like, right now we're doing a podcast, but yeah. um, people will listen but you can. post. Yeah. Um, on the Discord, you can have an audience listening and then you can and invite them to speak. Got to put your hand up. And Bundy did invite himself to speak and we ignored him for a little bit and then he had to go. <laughs> they ignored <But> me. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the footy. <laughs> but it's you can not also the first, yeah, actually, that's correct. <laughs> but you can also type in a in the chat room. So when the the streaming is live yeah. and you've got people on the panel talking and discussing certain to topics, we can have the whole entire community typing questions in the chat room, and then we can answer those questions as well. So even if you don't want to be invited to speak and you're you know nervous about that, you can type in the chat room and mm -hmm. um and just talk. And I just think it's really cool because man, there's so many times I listen to podcasts and I want to ask them a question. Like I want to be like yeah. pause. You know, like, tell me more about that or ex can you elaborate on that or, you know what I mean? Um, we might get something going here, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> jump in our Discord, Bundy. Yeah, I'll jump in the Discord. When is that? This Saturday? Oh, no, you... I, I really think that's a, um, like a really good idea and, and, you know, like the, the premise that you've got there about having the online because everything, you know, the way the world's going, everything's kind of going online. Yeah. Yeah, and that was our vision as well, bro. Like, because with Discord, you can live stream and you can voice stream at the same time. So, having a live stream where, you know, if I wasn't on this fight card, honestly, there would have been a lot more soul fight content yeah. because I would have been traveling around Perth like right. crazy, vid videoing people. But because I've had to do my own training. Yeah. Um, but we want to share that. We want to share, you know, what what's the pit up to, you know, the last Saturday before the fight's going on. Mm. And not to bust anyone's, you know, bubble or, or their their plans for their fight, you know, to give anything away, mm. but just to share the things that are worth sharing, you but know, like even just... Mm. Direct 
also like there's just so much that happens in a fight prep, you know, like, mm. and, you know, we're doing our interviews um, the last few weeks and one interview that's already been posted, so it's no secret, but not many people know that Shannon Gardner just overcame a hip fracture and a labelled, labelled, lab, labelled, <laughs> I don't even know how to say the word, I'm a nurse. Um, so this is her first fight back in a year and she's had eight months of recovery and rehab mm. like not people don't know that if they tune in and watch the fight stream you know what i mean but when we interviewed her and she talked about it it was yeah. like that's fucking hectic man like your hip when you think about it it's not a knee injury where you have to sit down and it feels good when mm. you sit down your hip hurts <laughs> when you lay down your hip hurts when you walk your hip hurts yeah. you know and so she talked about it and i mean like that's some cool stuff to bring to the fans like hey man this is how this is what i went through mm. As a as a fight fan, I love and it obviously I love I love all combat sport, but I love watching that that UFC embedded. I love that sort of stuff because it gives you gives you a backstory. It gives you a bit of um, connection. I don't know, connection to the fighter, and it gives you a bit of ownership. Not ownership, yeah. You get like you're invested. Invested. In the, you're invested in the fight. So when you watch that fight, the dopamine starts to get. You get excited. The adren- your adrenaline starts to go. So, like, every time I watch the Pit Boys fight, that's how I get. Because I know them personally. Imagine if you were just a, f- a fight fan and you and you could watch these guys um, preparing for domination, preparing for re- rebellion, preparing for um, Muay Thai Grand Prix. Just any fight in Australia. I, yep. I think that it's a great little concept. I, 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 um, I we, interviewed, we interviewed Damon Nelson, um, who's Tyler Hardcastle's opponent. And, you know, Damon's lost to Tyler twice. And this is his third fight yeah. against Tyler. So, you know, he's obviously got um, a lot going into this fight. And he, I said to him, you know, in the interview, I was like, oh, you know, just talking about leading up to the fight and anything that sort of have you've had to overcome or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and he talked about his last uh, fight a couple of years ago or a year or so ago. And one of his workmates actually died. Yeah, yes. And yeah. he gave him CPR and he didn't survive. That was fight week for him. And then yeah. he still went into that fight and no one knew. Well, I mean, I guess a, pe- a few people knew at the fight show, yeah. but the fans don't know. Yeah. The people watching don't know. And then he still has to go in there and do his job and get out and just dust it off. Like, mm. that's the kind of stuff that you're like, that is massive. That's so a huge life, if you, mi- yeah. you know? If, you, if, if, if you're a fight fan and you heard that story, you would go, fuck, I want this guy to win. I want this guy, sorry, not to win. I want this guy to win. <laughs> I want this guy, like, it, it, yeah, can't, <laughs> but yeah. guy. I want him to win. I am invested. I, I like this kid. You know, so I'm hoping that, uh, you know what, I might, I might give you a hand here, Jeez. Hi, bro, do it. Yeah, let's do it, mate. Watch this face, guys. Watch this face. It's going to happen. <laughs> but we've been at it for at least an hour and a half now. <laughs> and we've got to know you, who you are. You didn't Brad- even get to ask me juicy questions about Toby. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, now nah, look, I'm sure, I'm sure those questions will come up. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's for Discord. <laughs> you gotta, no, that's for OnlyFans. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's not right. But anyway, we digress. But once again, thank you very much. And um, Kiri, thank you very much. Roy and Mate, you're gonna be. I, I'm sure that this is not gonna be the first time we get you on board the, the podcast, and I'm sure that we um, you weren't gonna. You're not. Gonna, this is not gonna be the first time, or the last time that you're gonna see us two collab about something. 
Sounds good, bro. I have a dream I've been dreaming about for years now and it involves getting all the pit over to my home in North Queensland to show them a proper Cooktown time. So Yeah, well that's we can do that. One day. One day. I would not One day when baby one day when baby Roy's here and we'll take baby Roy too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, once again, thank you very much. Good luck in Domination 25. I'll be watching. This, this will come out just beforehand. Thank you very much, Roy. Thanks, Roy. You're See probably sick of me. See you later, brother. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you. Uru. All right, so drop that. We're not going to end it there, though.